Cairo Radio was paid a fee to air the following program. All information discussed on the following program is for general information purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or create an attorney-client relationship. Prior to acting on any legal matter, you should seek legal advice from a qualified legal attorney who can evaluate your situation and advise you accordingly. Welcome to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Your Partner in Law is brought to you in part by the law firm Gregorick & Associates PLLC. Charting your course to a secure future. Your Partner in Law starts now. Here's your host, Rick Gregorick. Hey, good morning and welcome to Your Partner in Law. I'm attorney Rick Gregorick from the law firm of Gregorick and Associates, conveniently found on the World Wide Web at rjglegal.com. Give us a call. Hey, we're uh, live and in studio this morning again, week after week after week. We're approaching 20 years on air, Scott. That's kind of crazy. Scott Ralston's in the house right, this that's morning. That's right. I've been on air for what, like four, uh, 12, 13 years now. It's been a while. Yeah. A long time. You know, and everybody tells us eventually we're going to get good at it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we have a lot of fun doing it. And I think one of the most fun parts about the radio, of course, is talking to everyone, but really meeting people. You know, meeting them at our events, when they come into the office, um, just out about town, we meet a lot of people. So it's kind of interesting. I've oftentimes found a kind of interesting, Scott, we might be out at the mall or things like that. And there's some of our tote bags people are using to bring the groceries home or whatever from the malls, ones they've uh, picked up um, from us. So that's always kind of fun. But, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit today about kind of the broad, big scope of estate planning, life planning, elder law. We're going to put it all kind of together under the context of the generic term estate planning. And, you know, kind of what it's all about and why we would look towards doing these things. And then most importantly, what I would like to do is plant the seed for most folks that estate planning is a lifelong process and it should be to be most effective multi-generational where we're building wealth from one fam- from one generation down through the generations such that unlike businesses, when they pass the business down to the next generation, it's usually destroyed and there's no more business. So how do we successfully build wealth and then successfully pass it down through the generations? Might we need some cooperation from our kids and our grandkids and the type of planning and how do we go about doing that? Because, you know, we, we look and we start about you know, planning and it's in all of our heads at all ages. People are kind of thinking about this, but starting to put it all together doesn't really start to come to the forefront of our thinking process until we get up until this mythical thing called retirement age. And then all of a sudden people start saying, oh, gee, what should I do or what's next? That's one trigger for people to do it. The other trigger is they have a bad event. Someone's injured, someone becomes ill, someone prematurely dies. Well, that's a rough time to start your planning. So we kind of look at life going through for most of us, you know, there's always exceptions, but for most of us, a normal progression of life might be go to school, graduate, go to college perhaps, or go into your career. You start your career, you know, people marry, or maybe today they're hooking up some other way. Talking, I believe is the phrase. Yeah, yeah, they talk. And then, (laughs) and then, you know, then there's children and then there's the raising of the children through their adolescence, and then some are off to college, some are off to work. And by that time, we're starting to say, oh, boy, we're at this great part of our life. And then all of a sudden, retirement starts creeping up on us. And 
lo and behold, uh, just like with me, I became a grandpa here just very recently. And so now people are grandparents. And then we're supposed to be looking for those wonderful, I used to call them golden years. I'm hearing a lot of silver years, but we'll, we'll go with our, you know, our retirement years. And then what happens? And then, of course, we die. So the cycle of life, if you will. But how do we kind of keep that going? And what do we do with all of the dynamics that interfere with our life? And I would suppose that one of the biggest ones is the area that uh, you've been involved with for many years of your career is how divorces derail all this stuff and make a mess of things and how to fix that. But yet about half of the folks we see coming into the office are in blended families. They're not original first marriages, uh, close to half. And it's interesting you bring that up because the two things that I see that can really derail life planning, you know, planning towards your retirement are divorce and then the other is incapacity, is the other that can really derail a plan. Well, and especially when that incapacity comes and you don't have a plan. That's the problem. You know, is what's going to happen now and now we get to rely on the government and I guess we all know how efficient that is and how effective that is and that it's very simple to use. There's very little bureaucracy involved. I'm being a little facetious, of course. Most of us, when presented with our options, are going to choose a private option that we choose that fits us rather than some generic you know, Walmart version of estate planning that the government would provide for us through, you know, the laws of intestacy and guardianship and uh, things of that nature, because, you know, those have harsh results sometimes. And for most of us, the thing about relying on a court to make decisions for you is you walk in the door hoping for a result, but there's usually two sides, each hoping for a different result. Generally, at least one of those sides is going to be upset if not both. Because sometimes the court sits there and says, you know, there's so much family strife here that this sibling wants to be in charge and this one wants to be in charge, but they've had a lifelong history of not getting along. Why in the world is the court going to choose one over the other? They're kind of looking at two bad choices. We might analogize this to people have said this about presidential elections, which is the lesser of two evils. Well, in the presidential election, you vote A or B or you don't vote. Or, you, you know, you kill your vote with some other way. Here with the, um, the judge, he does have a different option. He doesn't have to choose one of you, you know, one over the other. He can simply choose a neutral third party. And both sides then are sitting there going, well, that's not what we wanted. <laughs> and you see that, I mean, it's got a thousand times, right? It's, yeah, and I can see it coming sometimes. As soon as people come through the door, I'm like, oh, there's a good chance this is going to head up in that direction because of family strife, as you say. And so how do you avoid, you know, we're kind of talking about some of these things that can happen, but how do you avoid these things? What do you do to actually set in motion your own plan to avoid, you know, the court system making these decisions for you and your family? Well, you know, and this is really the essence of our program. You, you know, somehow have to come to grips with the fact that each of us needs to do our own planning to provide for ourselves, our families, our businesses, if we're a business owner, and you know whatever our extended family obligations are, none of that happens by caveat. Nothing happens because I want it to happen. Nothing happens because I've always told everyone that's what it's going to do. One of the, I have had so many people in absolute tears over the years because we tell them they have to leave the family home. 
This might be a child that's been living in the family home for 20 years with the parents during the parents' senior years. Mom and dad always said, well, of course, honey, you can have the house. You have a place to live for the rest of your life. Well, mom and dad die. They haven't done a proper estate plan. There's other children. They don't have enough assets. The house has to be sold. And there the son or daughter, the family member is literally crushed because they were always told what was going to happen. Mom and dad, if you want it to happen, it's real simple. You've got to put it in paper, number one, proper legal documents, properly drafted, properly executed, and these would be wills, trust, powers of attorney, health care directives, all those types of core basic estate planning documents that all of us have, and then we want to talk about those things. If I have three children but I want my daughter to get the house because she's been my caregiver, I need to do something special in my estate plan to make that happen. I have to do specific gifts. I have to spell that out. What terms and conditions? What does that mean? Many folks, when they start looking at that, they go, oh, dear, then my other two children are going to be upset about that. The answer is maybe. They're going to be most upset, though, if they find out about it after you become incapacitated or die. So we're a big advocate of family meetings, openness, transparency in the estate planning. That's going to help prevent a lot of problems. Because nine out of ten problems is, you know, arise out of suspicion. We don't know if there's a problem yet. I mean, we've had cases, Scott, where I remember one here a few years ago where a fiduciary would not release an accounting out of stubbornness, let's just say. You know the case. I do. And yet, what was the result of that? Every single nickel was accounted for. One of the best accountings we'd ever seen. Yep. And, it, it was and pristine. It, it was just, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. That type of case. And we've, we've had actually a few of those. Not, they're a little less common, but we've had a few where basically the person that was making the financial decisions was doing a fantastic job. They were accounting for every single nickel, but they just weren't going to communicate that to the other kids. Yeah, it was just, you know, um, I'll just pick on it, the alpha male of the family. There's you know, three or four kids involved here and mom and dad picked one and they felt anointed. I'm the chosen one. And therefore, you know, I don't need to tell you guys anything. Well, and this is this is part of, you know, what you and I talk about all the time is proper planning. And part of proper planning is not just the documentation. It is actually sitting down and talking with the attorney and talking about the family dynamics because these are not things that started yesterday. There is a need when you sit down and do your planning to – actually have an honest discussion about your family dynamics. If you've got kids that don't get along or you're in a second relationship, second marriage, for instance, and you've got a, a new new spouse or significant other that does not get along with your kids and vice versa, um, you know, these are the kinds of things that you need to sit down and talk about with an attorney so that you can make uh, realistic decisions and put together realistic plans. And you need to be challenged. And if you're, you're, you're not going to be challenged in putting together your plan, then there is the potential that your plan could end up uh, with a lot of problems. And with that court proceeding, whether it's pre-death or post-death. Yeah, it's a huge problem, folks. And we'd love to hear from you. And we're going to open up the phone lines now. We've got uh, our buddy Brian in there just dying to talk to you. And he says, call me. 888 That gets you right on air live with KTTH and Cairo. 
888-973-5476. Remember, you can always call us at the office as well or get us on the web. Schedule your free consultation. Don't delay. Get the good time for you and uh, get your family's life planning up to date. We're going to take a quick break, and after that, your calls at 888-973-5476. Your partner in law, we're going to be right back. I have to tell you, what a relief for my wife and me when we got signed up for long-term care coverage. The more I learned about the fact that nearly three out of four of us will need some form of long-term care in our retirement, there are so many issues at play. For some people, they can't afford it and they become a burden on their friends and family. For others, you do have money set aside, but it wipes out everything that you've saved. And maybe most importantly, it's about having a plan so that all your children have to do is carry out your wishes. It's not a burden on them. And that's why I love the advice we got from Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. We started by going to one of Brian's free classes, and that's what I recommend you do to find out about all the different plans they offer. Brian does have a few classes coming up this month. Seats are limited, so sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. You'll get a free copy of Brian's book, too. Go to 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's John Curley, and I'm here with Rick Gregorick, host of Your Partner in Law. You're listening to it right now. And Rick, after attending a few of your events, while well, I was just so impressed with how much I learned and the detail and the importance of all the information that you provide. Well, you know, John, thank you very much for that. You know exactly why we do this. We've talked a lot about it. My own personal experiences really put me into this business. And what I've learned over the years is through proper education, developing the proper life plan for you is absolutely crucial, regardless of your wealth or lack thereof. You need to have a life plan in place to protect you, your loved ones, and your assets in the event of your disability or following your death. You absolutely do, Rick. And hey, if you're interested in attending one of Rick's events, go to your partner in law.com or just schedule a complimentary consultation with Rick and he'll take the time to go through everything with you and recommend the best plan for you and your family. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Retirement. What does it mean to you? Has it changed as a result of today's economy? Are you worried about your future? Could there be stormy seas ahead? Hi, this is Rick Gregrick, founder of Gregrick & Associates. We're a dedicated team of legal and tax professionals that can help you navigate your course for a secure future. Whether you're just thinking about your retirement or you're well into your retirement years, whether you're single, married, or involved in a domestic partnership, we can help you create your necessary legal and tax planning. I am so glad I found one firm that can help me with all my legal and tax needs. Call today for your free consultation. 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. You can also sign up for a partner-in-law event. Just go to yourpartnerinlaw.com and find the elder law or estate planning course that's best for you. You can register for both events by going to yourpartnerinlaw.com. Yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner-in-Law with Rick Gregorick. On Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. All righty, welcome back. In our introduction, we were talking, you know, a little bit about families and getting family planning in multi-generational planning. And what prompted this discussion was a recent uh, blog that I posted uh, back on, uh, oh, gee, just last week, the 25th. And it was uh, 
kind of piggybacking on an article in Forbes where they were talking about things that drive baby boomers crazy. <laughs> so, and this one was that many baby boomers who have either been doing planning or because they're aged, they're now starting to get real deeply involved in planning, that they're frustrated that maybe their adult children aren't planning and that the boomers are kind of saying, geez, you know, if this baby boomer wealth that is going to be passing down through the generations here over the next 20 years, basically, um, you guys need to be prepared, you know, because most people, and according to the Forbes article, it's 67% of those that they surveyed, of course, wanted to pass their wealth to their kids and grandkids, you know, family wealth, pass it down. I mean, that's normal. That's what most do. Obviously, according to this poll, 67% of those surveyed over 50 want their wealth to invest in their children and grandchildren. And they don't want this hard work, let's say, of building this wealth, whether it's company or investing or however they built their wealth, they don't want to see that squandered by the next generation. And the, the baby boomers... It's an interesting thing, isn't so, it? So, yeah, the, the thing that's interesting, I mean, to get a step back and kind of think about the baby boomers, the baby boomers are coming into retirement. The baby 10,000 a day. <laughs> the, the, the baby boomers are among... You know the the most wealthiest class of the United States in the history of the United States, and and there is discussion about the you know the next generations below are going to have less wealth and less less opportunity. The the baby boomers are are potentially the peak, uh, at least for the present time, of uh, wealth. They are also an interesting class in that. Many of them have gone through divorces and remarried. And so as a baby boomer, and of course you're, you're rolling into retirement, you should be thinking about this anyways, but you are a very complicated generation from a planning standpoint because you do have so much at risk. I'm starting to take this personal, Scott. But there is a lot of complexities with the baby boomers and that the baby boomers, yes, they have the wealth. Number two, they have the the second and third uh, uh, relationships. They have kids, stepkids, grandkids, step-grandkids. They have kids that may or may not get along. They may have stepkids that may or may not get along. They may have grandkids that may or may not get along. So, you know, they have all of these different complexities and then you add on top of that – and here it comes because you're, you're looking at me like, well, what's what he going to say now? Yeah, yeah. Is the incredible amount of improvement in medicine that takes care of the body but that, you know, we still haven't quite figured out all the ways to take care of the mind. Uh, and so yeah. the, the baby boomers, they're, they're retiring. They're heading into their retirement. They've got all these family complexities and dynamics that are there. They are also, from a percentage standpoint, it's about 70-plus percent, I believe, that are potentially going to have a level of incapacity sometime in the future. Yeah, it, it, it's coming, folks. And you know, according to this Forbes article, it said the challenges that many boomers are having is that they don't – they're not happy, really, but what some of their Gen X and millennial children are doing um, vis-a-vis estate planning. And this article points to the fact that many um, boomers are having trouble with the way their 
children, grandchildren are handling debt, you know, mm-hmm. too much yep. debt, yep. um, kind of living in the moment, not thinking about the future, not thinking about putting savings away. You know, some are making very good salaries, but don't have a dime in the bank. You know, everything's a consumption mode and distrust of financial worlds and things like that. And that's giving pause to baby boomers and saying, geez, we're looking for some responsibility from our point of view. And see, that's that's yeah, the challenge. And, so, and we, we talk a lot about the different types of planning that are available. You have you know a will-based plan, trust-based plan. There are uh, testamentary trust and inter vivos trusts. Well, these are a bunch of phrases. So, so a, a testamentary trust is a trust that is set up post-death. Uh, inter vivos trust is a trust that is set up during your lifetime. And, and so why, why is Scott talking about trusts? Well, the reason that we're talking about trusts is because if you are a baby boomer and if you are concerned about your children, stepchildren, et cetera, their management of funds, their own lack of planning, perhaps their relationships they've chose or perhaps their uh, inability to manage finances, they have substance abuse problems, all of these things, then you as a baby boomer need to be looking at you know, appropriate and albeit probably more complicated planning that involves some form of inter vivos or testamentary trust to give you the dead hand control over the legacy, the assets that you are intending to pass on to your children because if you or whomever it is that you're passing it on to, because if you're just giving them a pile of money and assets – and you have concerns about how they will handle, manage, and use those assets, then you definitely need to be sitting down and talking with an attorney that can walk you through all of the options, and there are many options. There's such a plethora of options, and and really this has been some of the bedrock foundational planning that we've done at Gregorick & Associates over the years, uh, way back to our first inception, was learning how to pass wealth along, and especially if that wealth was going to be um, coming to someone younger, let's say someone in their 20s or 30s and fairly substantial wealth and using what we termed child asset protection trust and how can we build stewardship into our children to learn the management of money over time. We'll talk a little bit more about dead hand management when we get back from this break and your calls at 888-973-5476. That's the live call in line. It's open and ready for your calls at 888-973-5476. We'll be right back. Sometimes big events in your life all of a sudden cause you to wake up and realize you should start planning for the future. I lost my dad a little over a year ago to cancer, and I remember thinking to myself, I should probably have a will or trust. So I called Rick Gregorick. Now, the reason I called Rick Gregorick is because I've been listening to him on Cairo Radio on Sunday mornings, and the guy is an absolute expert. I sat down with him. I explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or charitable trust, real estate, taxes. It was so complicated. I was so glad I had Rick right there to walk me through the whole process. So be proactive. Take control of your life right now. Go meet with Rick Gregorick and schedule a complimentary 
complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show like I do, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Schedule a meeting with my estate planner, Rick Gregorick, at yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. This is Michael Medved. Financial experts will tell you that you should have a plan in place for the high cost of long-term care. If your plan consists of using your savings to pay for any long-term care needs in the future, then take a moment to contact 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. They will show you how to set up an asset-based plan using a portion of your existing savings. Now, this way you maintain control of your money and you're guaranteed to get your money back even if you don't need long-term care. For every dollar you put in today, 525 Advisors will show you how to get 3 to $4 back in tax-free long-term care protection. Call 525 Advisors today to learn how you can put a portion of your savings to work and protect your family and the rest of your assets from the high cost of long-term care. Call today at 425-748-8188. That's 425-748-8188 at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's John Curley and I'm here with Rick Gregorick. Rick, after attending a few of your events, one of the things that really stood out to me is how proper planning can really give you and your family and loved ones peace of mind. It really does, John. At Gregorick & Associates, we are a planning firm, and my personal life experiences are what led me into estate and elder law planning. I've learned that through education, individuals and families can significantly reduce their risk and anxieties. We all face the likelihood of disability during our lives. A proper legal life plan can give you control of your care and the management of your financial affairs, and most of all, peace of mind. Absolutely. The peace of mind, knowing that everything has been taken care of, is just so important. Schedule a complimentary consultation with Rick. He'll take the time to go through everything with you and recommend the best plan for you and your family. Go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. We return to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. All righty, welcome back to Your Partner in Law. Hey folks, I'd like to, you know, kind of recap a little bit. We're really just talking today about, you know, kind of intergenerational um events and circumstances that kind of frustrate our estate planning. You know, we we look at a lot of boomers, Scott, and we obviously know that there's a tremendous amount of wealth that's going to be or is being transferred down over the next 20 years. We've got 10,000 baby boomers a day, you know, joining the retirement ranks, um, rather, well, totally unprecedented in historical terms. And we're seeing some frustrations with boomers relative to passing wealth through the down through the generations to their children and grandchildren. And, you know, every generation thinks a little differently. I know our folks or my folks when back in the 60s and 70s, they thought most of the kids at the time were whack jobs and uh, told us so. And um, but, you know, we kind of shifted a little bit as we aged. And um, I'm sure something will happen with the Xers and the millennials and things like that. But right now they're living very different lifestyles than their parents. And that's frustrating a lot of um, parents relative to their estate planning, which is something that should not prevent you from doing your estate planning. It just heightens the conversations you need to have with your attorney about your family dynamics. You know, Scott's talked uh, ad nauseum about the blended family and the challenges that makes, getting that all together. But folks, if you're going to do planning, 
you can't just do it and put it on paper sterilely. That's not going to work because we need to take into account and consider the family dynamics, the relationships. How do these people get along? How do your own children get along? How do the family, how do the, you know, your children from your um, second or third spouse, how are they all getting along? There's a lot going on there. Yeah. Put a backdrop of health and well, money. It's it, funny you bring health up. Because I was thinking, you know, one of the other things that there is a difference between, you know, boomers and younger generations, their children, is they may have a different view of medical decision making, a different religious view, different moral views, et cetera. And that is another reason that you need to put together your planning documents because we've been talking almost entirely about financial planning documents in terms of you know, your succession plan, how your wealth will be transferred to your children. But we haven't talked a lot about what happens when you become incapacitated because, you know, the children that you have or stepchildren, we, don't, we keep using the phrase kind of interchangeably today, probably shouldn't, but, you know, your, your children and stepchildren, they are the likely candidates, not necessarily the best candidates, but the likely candidates not only to be making financial decisions for you when you become incapacitated, but also medical decisions when you become incapacitated. These are awesome responsibilities we're putting on folks. And I think some of the deepest conversations we have with many of our clients when they come in and they're willing to have that conversation, well, let's talk about your son or daughter. You know, what's your relationship with them? Let's let's be honest. You know, mm-hmm. if it's great, great. If it's strained, strained, let's talk about that. What do they do for a living? What's their educational level? Where if, do they live? Where do they live? You, you know, if you have fairly substantial wealth and all of a sudden you're going to ask a 22-year-old that, you know, is in the middle of college to manage that wealth through a disability or following your death, more likely than not, they're going to have some trouble doing that. And make mistakes. Especially with the financial, and I'm going to get in trouble here, but the financial maturity of today's average younger, 22-ish old It was pretty much true for all of us. I mean, we're all kind of morons when we're younger when it comes to investing in money, and we learn. (laughs) Hopefully, (laughs) we learn. But the the decision-making that you put upon younger generation – you know, you you need to give them if you are going to put that decision making upon them. You also need to give them guidance. So part of you know what we consider to be comprehensive estate planning is the family meeting. Perhaps you know you put together your estate plan. Let's say you're in a blended relationship. You put together your estate plan. You design it with your new significant other or spouse, um, and you've got the, you know the blended family. And now it's time to bring everyone together so that they understand what the estate plan is. That's the family meeting. And, you know, you're you're going to want to do that with the assistance of an attorney. You're not going to want to do that on your own. Oh, well, you know, Scott, we, you know, we, we do a couple different ways for folks. And, you know, some folks, you know, we have a, an attorney type meeting. And in that meeting, we're going to go over the, the structure of the estate plan, the documents involved, the roles and responsibilities of people named in the plan. For those that have further challenges with family dynamics, uh, many of them are referred out to you know certain types of family counselors, especially if there's a business transition involved. In transitioning that business from senior to junior generations, 
um, very oftentimes a consultant will come in that's more of a, in the behavioral sciences, you know, not the numbers people. We got you know, we got plenty of accountants and CPAs and attorneys to handle that stuff, but it's this emotional transfer. And then the emotional acceptance and, you know, the next generation is not going to run the business exactly the way the senior generation did. (laughs) And how do we deal with those changes and and make this happen such that the business doesn't – because neither side really wants the business to fail. Yeah. So when we we come back from the break here, we're going to do um, a whole thing on – the business succession is what we're going to talk a little bit about, the, the business succession, because there's different types of business succession, because maybe you've got half a dozen rental properties, okay? You know, you don't think about that, but that's a business. And that is going to require planning not only for how to manage and run that business, but it's also going to require potentially some tax planning, because there's complicated tax issues when you're passing on a business, the value of the business could be, if you don't have the type of planning in place, could be very fatal to your estate planning because well, we need to look the at tax all this stuff. The yeah. consequences. The taxes are always and, there, folks, so we got to do and, that. In, in management and control issues when you're uh, dealing with a, the succession of a business, you, you, perhaps you've got uh, a group of key employees that you want involved in the management of your company that you're going to be passing on to your kids. So there's lots of complexities. Okay, folks, we're going to take a quickie and we'll be right back. Your partner in law at yourpartnerinlaw.com. Check us out. My dad would always say the three worst words in the English language were shoulda, coulda, and woulda. So many people with retirement right around the corner or in the middle of it have the shoulda, coulda, wouldas facing them. They're not proactive. You didn't take care of the will. You didn't take care of the trust. They didn't do what was needed to do when it came to real estate and taxes. So right now, let's avoid the shoulda, coulda, wouldas and call Rick Gregorick. Rick Gregorick is my estate planner. I sat down with Rick, explained my situation. He walked me through all the different variables, whether it was a trust or a charitable trust, real estate or taxes. It is so complicated. You've got to rely on an expert like Rick, who is so kind and knowledgeable about all of it. So be proactive. Take control of your life now. You can schedule a complimentary consultation at yourpartnerinlaw.com. You can also listen to Rick's show, Your Partner in Law, every Sunday morning at 9 on Cairo and KTTH. Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick, my estate planner, yourpartnerinlaw.com. I have to tell you, what a relief for my wife and me when we got signed up for long-term care coverage. The more I learned about the fact that nearly three out of four of us will need some form of long-term care in our retirement, there are so many issues at play. For some people, they can't afford it and they become a burden on their friends and family. For others, you do have money set aside, but it wipes out everything that you've saved. And maybe most importantly, it's about having a plan so that all your children have to do is carry out your wishes. It's not a burden on them. And that's why I love the advice we got from Brian Ott and 525 Advisors. We started by going to one of Brian's free classes, and that's what I recommend you do to find out about all the different plans they offer. Brian does have a few classes coming up this month. Seats are limited, so sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. You'll get a free copy of Brian's book. Too. Go to 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Have you ever wondered what would happen to you or your loved ones or your business if you were incapacitated tomorrow or if you died prematurely? 
None of us plan on it, but not addressing these issues can be catastrophic to your finances, your family, and your business. Hi, this is attorney Rick Gregory, host of your partner in law, right here on Cairo Radio every Sunday morning at 8. Elder or estate planning is necessary for all of us, regardless of our wealth or lack of wealth. So whether your estate is large or small, you simply must have a proper legal life plan in place to protect you, your loved ones, and your business. For your free estate or elder law planning consultation, give us a call today at 425-284-3450. At Gregor & Associates, my staff and I will take the time necessary to understand your needs and recommend the best plan for you and your family. Call us today at 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450 or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. That's yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law. With Rick Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Okay, welcome back to your partner in law. It's Sunday morning in Seattle. What a wonderful place to be when it's sunny and crisp. And And it is gorgeous. Looks really good out there, doesn't it? Hey folks, we're talking about, you know, kind of planning. We've been kind of talking about baby boomers and maybe some of their frustrations of passing the wealth on down through the generations. Many baby boomers have you know, acquired significant wealth, and, many of the, and much of that wealth has been through um, entrepreneurial efforts in building businesses, building um, real estate portfolios, uh, passive business entities for real estate and things like that. And these things all create additional challenges in planning, um, certainly asset yeah, protection and all these kind of tremendous things. Tremendous challenges. But the transfer of that, now, you know, one of our challenges, Scott, and we deal with this with so many families is, gee, there's four kids and one or two of them are interested in the business, other ones aren't. Yes. How do parents do this estate equalization? Hey, folks, there's no one way. We got to talk about it. But yeah. you have a lot of experience in this area as well. Yeah, I've, I've handled a number of different business succession plans and working with clients and you know, oftentimes you've got uh, on top of just the complexities of, of standard business succession to a family, you've got the blended family on top of it. You might have, and we, we've we've had these situations a couple times, but you may have the key employees, including stepchildren, and so so you've got, you know, just because we deal with this all the time, but you have built-in resentment from children of the business owner. Because stepchildren's involvement in that business. And then you have, you know, all the different issues that come. And let's say it's an active business, which is even, you know, more problematic than a passive business like a group of rentals. With an active business where you have vendors and clients and and marketing and and product and or service that you are offering the general public, um, you know, you have a tremendous amount of uh, responsibility because you have employees. Well, what happens when you become disabled and unable to make those decisions? Who is it that is going to be operating that business? You know, Scott, and that's one of the biggest challenges we find in most closely held businesses is what we'll just call a lack of succession planning. In succession planning, as you're kind of highlighting here, there's two types of exit planning that we need to address for every business owner. The planned, when am I going to retire and maybe sell or transfer this to my family? What am I going to do with this when I retire? You know, that's everybody has that one. Or when am I going to have it strategically sold on my terms? 
The other more difficult one is the unplanned exit strategy. It's the car accident. It's the stroke. It's the heart attack. Right? These are things that bring a business to its knees almost instantly when the business owners haven't put in a proper type of succession plan, authorized people to work with the banks, work with your lenders, work with your clients, enter into contracts. You, 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 people can't just, just do those things. Just, you have to general guidance, just general guidance to your family and your key employees on how this business is going to be operating. I mean, because you can end up having, you know, the potential in these cases for receiverships even where and, – and what that means is is there are problems in the operation of the business and there are creditors and employees at risk. And as a result of that, somebody petitions the court to appoint some sort of a professional who, who specializes in operating – you know, business entities yeah, under these circumstances. Yeah, in a receivership, basically. And, and sadly, when they get into those situations... You're looking at liquidation. It's a liquidation. It's a wind-down. They're saying, hey, there's nobody here to do this. We'll manage the transition to... Kind of, and, it's basically kind of like a bankruptcy almost. It, it is The receivership much. comes in. They're going to liquidate assets, pay off creditors. And, 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 you know, now your legacy that you were intending to pass on to whether it's your 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 family or your employees, your children, your spouse, whatever it was that you were intending to pass on to your your legacy is now being um, you know consumed by the cost of administering this business in absence of you putting together a business succession plan. And you know, we get a lot of business owners that do come to us in a timely fan, you know manner because you know a, a business owner that knows they're operating a, a active business with you know creditors customers vendors employees etc they they know that this is something that they need to do but we've had several that have come to us that are businesses that are worth you know 10 million plus they've been operating for decades and they still don't have the succession planning in place now they've come to us in time to be able to put that succession planning in place. But wh- what are you doing operating a large business that's been operating for decades with no succession planning? Because you never know when that stroke or heart attack is going to potentially strike. No, and so it, it, it's just so it, crucial. And we've yeah. been talking about this for years and years. And uh, business succession planning is kind of the analog to estate planning on your individual side. And what but but what is necessary when I am this closely held business owner and I have this business strategy planning and this exit planning and succession planning and all the other planning that I must do for my business that I do either formally or informally, the more formal, the better, generally speaking. One of the big challenges that we see in our office, Scott, is sometimes people have maybe a well-developed business plan but an underdeveloped estate plan or vice versa, good estate plan, underdeveloped business plan, putting those things together. Integrating the business plan with the estate plan is what's so crucial for most people because that's where we're going to see the, the, the bigger benefits of planning, getting it all together under one roof, so to speak, so we have commonality and goals and objectives and we don't end up with fighting. I mean, we see all kinds of things where people put in a simple will, share and share alike between my kids. And then they start doing things over in their business that doesn't result in share and share alike. Well, and, and this is what you were talking about a little bit earlier is maybe – let's say you've got four kids in the relationship and only one of them is involved in the business. So, so you need the business succession plan 
with that child in place to, you know, operate that business going forward. But maybe so much of your wealth is tied up in that business and you're wanting your estate to be shared among your other three children. How do you plan for that? This is a very, very challenging yeah, thing because it, we see so many of our, you know, business owners where, you know, the lion's share, you know, maybe 75 plus percent of their wealth is their business. You know, that's where they put all their efforts and, their, you know, their heart, their blood, their or, sweat, their or, tears. Because I love these. I love coming up with these examples because they are real life examples. Let's say the same thing. None of your kids are involved. But you've got key employees that are certainly capable sure. of, of operating the business. But at the same time, you want your kids to be able to enjoy the benefits of the, of the wealth that your, generate, your business generates. Now, that is going – because oftentimes you have these key employees and they're, they, they've worked for you for decades. Mm-hmm. And their desire is to buy that business or at least be a part owner in that business. And that's what they've been working toward. But yet you have your kids that you want your legacy to go to. How do you plan for that? Yeah, and and these are the challenges we want to walk through. Are we going to do some sort of uh, arrangement with our non-family member key employee relative to the management? Will they be invited into you know ownership, or are the children going to be the shareholders or the interest holders in the entity with this other guy continuing to work for him? Will he continue to work is, for is, him? <laughs> is, is the business going to be owned by a trust as opposed to being owned outright by your kids? I mean, there's just a, a plethora of options. The good news, folks, if we'll sit, if we can sit down, talk through the issues openly, identify them openly, then we can come up with solutions. I mean, we've had some solutions for what this, what I call estate equalization between those getting business interest versus those getting other assets. And because usually the business interests are worth more <laughs> in the long run because there's not only the asset value, but there's also the continuing income yeah, stream. Yeah, the income generation. Um, now you do have to do some work for that. But the other ones are getting something less more often than not. You know, in some cases, life insurance might be an option. But if we're looking at life insurance in that magnitude, please, folks, do not go out and buy life insurance in your own name. Wealthy folks, if you're buying a life insurance policy of a million dollars or more, please um, come and consult with us before you buy that policy because that insurance would be taxable in your estate. If we can do a life insurance trust, then we can take so, that asset out of your estate. A little complicated for radio, but right. insurance but, but is but a, the, a good thing in these cases many times. Yeah, and in one of the things, to, you know, we've talked a little bit about the control and the succession, but what we haven't really talked about is is some of the tax implications because, you know, when you have a business, especially in the state of Washington, just above $2 million, you are in the taxable estate land. And so you need to plan – for when you pass excuse me when you pass away that you have something in place to deal with those taxes because if if the business itself lacks liquidity and the business itself and your estate lacks liquidity because really your wealth is tied up in that that net value of that business it's going to be bye bye business and and, <laughs> and that business and your estate owes taxes how do you generate the, the liquidity in order to be able to pay those estate taxes. And that's, that's one of the things that because, because Washington has such a low tax, uh, taxable estate level, 
that is one of the things that our clients are like, whoa, are you telling me that this is going to be a taxable event when I pass away? And yes, I am telling you that. Yeah. So and, you're going to need to do some tax planning as well. And complicate it with this, Scott, which is always frustrating for business owners. And this is especially where you as the owner are the key employee. You drive the revenues. When people think of their company, they think of you. The relationship is with you. And all of a sudden, you're out of the equation because you died. Well, when the IRS is valuing your business, they value it in essence the day before you die as a going concern without regard to the fact that without you in your business the next day, your business is going to be in serious trouble. And the true value of your company, because you as the owner key employee were a key valuable asset, your company may be worth 50 cents on the dollar from what it was the day before you died realistically. However, for tax purposes, you're going to pay that going concern value. So it's kind of harsh. It's not the value of your company after you die when you've taken the key employee out. It's before you die. And this is why those who don't engage in planning are complaining that, well, taxes and everything ruin the estates and ruin small businesses and things like that. And the answer is yes, they certainly do if you don't do planning. So if you do planning, most people, the vast majority, you know, can get around these taxes and various uh, legitimate, honest strategies. I do often want to caveat people. There's a bunch of scammers out there. I was reading one on the Wealth Council uh, listserv today about a company which I'm not going to name because they're very litigious and suing people who talk about them. But it's a company that is owned by financial planners, CFPs, who advertise that they employ attorneys and that they do multifaceted estate planning and asset protection. Well, as we all know, attorneys can't work for non-attorneys in any state that I'm aware of, and therefore that would be the unauthorized practice of law. And, of course, who is the client? And Right, who's the client? And and, and this is a good-sized organization. It's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll talk about it off-air, Scott, but it's um, it's kind of interesting because – There are those folks out there who purport to do what attorneys do, and more often than not, they're even more expensive than attorneys, which is always humorous to me. But folks, um, no one can call themselves an attorney unless they are licensed to practice law in the state they are practicing in. In every state in the union, uh, as far as I know, as a bar association, it's real easy. Go to the bar association, look the attorney up, and either they're licensed or they're not. It's very simple. Um, the principles in this company I'm thinking about right now, nobody's, nobody's licensed or nobody's an attorney, and yet they advertise that they have attorneys on staff. But again, they may have people that have law degrees on staff, juris doctorate degrees. They may have those on staff who can talk about you know giving advice for legally things within the company, but not to clients. They can't, you know, a non-attorney can't give advice, legal advice to um, someone else, and that's to protect the public from these things. So it's just like, the, you know, we, I can mention the name of CLA Estate Services because uh, Bob Ferguson, our state attorney general, is suing them. It's an insurance company that was been using annuities as a loss leader for an elderly, vulnerable population to sell them high-priced annuities. They give them a living trust that's usually garbage and uh, more harm than good. So that's... Um, you know, it goes on every day, so be a lot, be awake, folks, and uh, make sure you're doing it. If you ever have a question on legitimacy of an organization or group you're dealing with in the estate and business area, give us a call. We love investigating them and figuring out what's going on there to keep you safe and uh, 
Make sure you're not getting scammed because there's no shortage of scams out there in uh, just about all aspects of our lives. But uh, seniors beware, business owners beware, everybody's out there to... uh, Get a little piece of your action. And and if you're ready to sit down and start working on your estate plan, give us a call. 425-284-3450. We'll be back next week, folks. Thanks for listening to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregorick. Event Info newsletters and Your Partner in Law podcast can all be found at yourpartnerinlaw.com. To schedule an appointment with Rick Gregorick, call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. For more information on the show or to sign up for a free Partner in Law event, visit yourpartnerinlaw.com. Tune in next Sunday morning at 9 to Your Partner in Law with your host, Rick Gregorick. Simulcast on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM.